to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It is a Monday, so it's great news with Kay on a Monday. It's Kay Smythe. Kay, how are you? Good to see you. I'm good, Joe. How are you? Looking all tan. So we're all complaining about the, the heat index and, and going crazy. You're just at the beach all weekend. I was at the beach all weekend. I took a full weekend off. I couldn't tell is that you allowed? the last time. I, I have no idea. No one's told me off yet. But I took a whole weekend off. I was down at the beach out here in North Carolina. It was... Oh, it was bliss. It was perfect. That's why I look so orange right now. I don't no, you're looking great. I just go orange. No, you're looking all Trumpish and stuff. So um, I, I find this to happen. I'll wake up on Saturday, then suddenly I'm back at work on Monday. I don't even feel the weekends anymore. Can I have more weekends, please? Um, well, I have to literally go elsewhere and feel like I've been. It's one of those trips. I don't know if you've had this. But sometimes you'll go away for a weekend, you'll be on the way home and it'll be like, oh my goodness, I feel like I've been gone for a week. And then you go away for like two weeks somewhere, you come home and it's like, oh, felt like I never left. But uh, I don't really, I I don't really do two weeks. I never do two weeks because I'm afraid that the guy filling in for me is going to be good. And if that happens, then what do I do? You know what I'm saying? So oh. I'll, I'll give them a week. I'll let them like, you know, uh, hone their skills a little bit for a week. But they're not going to get two weeks. Plus, I'm a workaholic. You know that about me. Uh, yeah. Kay is a news and commentary writer at The Daily Caller. You see her on Newsmax all the time. You're seeing her on all sorts of networks now, um, which is great. The more case mice, the better. I was talking to you a little while ago about the car situation. If you want to go and buy a new or used car, you're going to pay a premium. And you probably need cash. It turns out banks that were giving loans even a year ago to people with the same credit they have this year are not giving loans. And Kay, you're saying this has to do with the housing market as well. Same sort of things going on. What, what is going on? If my credit's good and I've got the down payment, what's the problem? Well, firstly, Joe, not to scold you, but I just like to remind everyone listening that when you buy something or you lease it, like let's say like you lease it or you buy it with like a loan or whatever right. you don't own it wow. you don't own that thing why the do bank i feel s- owns that thing you didn't have why? the money to buy it so you shouldn't be buying it your parents should have told you that they should have brought you up proper as we say I but feel, no that's just me that's feel bad my for psychosis john. Feel, feel bad for john right now does he have to hear that voice much uh, no, John and I bonded very <laughs> deeply over our financial literacy. It was oh, incredibly good. refreshing to meet okay. someone when I sat down and said, why would I buy, I could go out, Joe, I, I don't make that much money. I could go out right now with just me, just what I bring in, right? Yeah. And I can get a loan or a mortgage at 7.3% or something horrific like that. I could technically, with what I have in the bank and with what I make every month, I could go and buy a million dollar house. I ran the numbers one night because I found a house that I liked. Would I go and buy that house? No, because it's not actually valued at a million dollars. It's currently overvalued at a million dollars. Spoke to a friend of mine recently. She's been trying to buy a house in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Realtors are making people sign affidavits acknowledging that they are buying property for more than the property is valued at. These people are getting between 6 and 8% interest loans on their mortgage, which means they're going to be paying pretty much double what the house is overvalued at by the time that their mortgage is done. Half of these people don't even realize they're just doing interest-free payments or sorry, interest-only payments for the first five years. So they don't even own any equity in the property. Call me crazy, but I'm old enough to remember 2008 
And uh, that is literally what we're seeing right now. As soon as the pandemic hit and people started moving out of cities, I was like, watch what's going to happen. We're going to get a housing bubble. There's going to be a commercial real estate crash because no one's going to want to work in an office anymore because 99% of our jobs don't need to even be done in an office. Right. We're going to see a complete redirect of everything that's going on with our economy. And anyone who has any outstanding debt anyone has any outstanding loans is going to be in a lot of trouble by the time this decade is over if they don't get that under control. The number of friends I have, Joe, who I wish would have listened to me, they're going to be, I, I, I hope they're not, but they will be homeless in the next five to 10 years because of their financial decision making and because banks were so quick, so quick to say, oh, you want this like super fancy car that runs literally exactly the same as every other freaking car? Yeah, sure. We'll take all of your money and put you into huge amounts of debt. And now they're at the point where the banks are going, oh, we might have overdone this. And half these people, it turns out, probably aren't going to be able to pay it back. And it's just like, Bleh. there's 2008 all over for you again, mate. <laughs> thank, you for the, for the, thank you for the vomit sound. It's uh, Kay Smythe, always pleasant. Um, go to KaySmythe.com. It's S-M-Y-T-H-E. See her everywhere and go check out The Daily Caller. Uh, well, one other side note to that, not only this plays any role into what you wrote and what the WAPO was saying, but um, I know this, there are people coming from places like San Francisco and Los Angeles, and they're showing up near where I live in South Central Texas, and the home values here now and the property values here now are going through the roof because mm-hmm. somebody's getting a million dollars for a two-bedroom, two-bath in L.A., and they're bringing that million dollars here and buying a gigantic mansion, and they're blowing up prices where a home used to be half a million dollars. Now it's a million two because everybody's showing up with all this extra spendable cash. And guess what that's doing to my home, my home value and my property taxes mm-hmm. through the roof. Mm-hmm. And eventually, it's going to become unaffordable for people. And once it becomes unaffordable, that's when we see 2008, isn't it? Um, well, we'll see 2008 when we start to see the sort of like knock on effects of like the supply chain breakdown, uh, the well, we're already seeing knock on effects of inflation. Every time I hear the Fed talk like we were listening to it on Friday on the way down to the beach. And they were talking about how like, oh, we're not like this, you know, unemployment's fine. Like it's something we're like not really that worried about. Like it's all coming through X, Y and Z factors. And I'm like, I went to Costco last week and there was hardly any staff in there. That was the first thing I noticed. A shop that cost John and I $180 three months ago cost us $320 last week. So as that sort of starts to ramp up, we'll probably see it around like Christmas time. It'll be like, oh, we had to sort of like save a little bit for Christmas because like X, Y, and Z, uh, you know, things are becoming more expensive. X, Y, and Z is more expensive. Uh, As soon as the sort of like student loan stuff starts coming in. And basically when the banks eventually turn around and admit, which they are in all fairness starting to do with commercial real estate, which was the piece that I wrote today. So within commercial real estate, you've got cities like, um, I think it was like Charlotte, North Carolina, I think places like Washington, D.C., we're seeing between 10 to 30 percent of uh, the people who've leased these offices that or like bought these offices are going default on their mortgages. So that's just going to snowball effect. 
Um, and which is why when I'm sitting around with a group of people talking about like all the nice houses they've just bought, oh, I want a new car. And I'm there like, yo, I would be stoked if we got a double wide, put it on the farm. Because guess what? <laughs> In 25 years, I'll have pr probably built a really beautiful home around yeah. that double wide. And I'll probably have put in some little tiny homes here and there as offices and whatever. And I will be there and I will be comfortable and I won't owe the government anything. I won't owe the bank anything. Sure, I might live in a glorified trailer, but I will sleep peacefully at night knowing that no one can take that away from me. And all that people have done is put themselves into extreme amounts of debt, extreme amounts of debt. Most of whom people won't be able to pay it off. The tech industry, the tech industry is collapsing, Joe. There are so many little things that will trigger to cause Here's the thing. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Maybe it will. Maybe these new lockdowns come in. We're already seeing masks come back. If we do go into another set of lockdowns. Not on this guy. Never on this guy. Ne Not happening. Never doing masks again. Never going to. It didn't even happen in the first place, really, yes. to be honest with you. Right. Um, I played along for like the first five minutes, and then I was just like, no, I can't do this anymore. Right. Um, but I think it's going to hit sort of like the millennial generation hardest, like your first time home buyers. I already have friends that are moving back in with their parents because they can't afford to rent in most cities. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I hate to say it, but like people in this country, and it's very rare that I will sort of go at America. People in this country like really nice things, but they don't really seem to realize how difficult it is to perpetually have newer, nice things. And so I think people just need to just sort of like slow down, accept that if you've got a roof over your head, if you've got running water, if you've got heating. I mean, I didn't even have AC in California, but if you've got AC too, you have plenty. If you can afford to still buy food, you have plenty. You don't need a big house to show off to people. Well, that's the thing. We, we have, we've taught a generation or two that it's okay to want instant gratification, to have the best of everything at all times. The new iPhone's coming out. You've got to have the new iPhone 1 billion before anybody else has it. And it's not really what it is. It used to be like I drove the same crap car for a long time until I could afford a new car eventually. I didn't get a new car for the first time until I was in my 30s. And that's just the way that it works. And, and when you work yourself up to it, you should be there. But for some reason, we've taught people that credit card debt is okay. Okay, I heard a number the other day that our credit card debt in this country is a, like a trillion three yeah. or something. I can't even write that down. That mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. So how do we get people who are your age, who are not as wise when it comes to the ways of the world and the ways of banking and money, how do we convince them it's okay to wait a year or two or to wait until you get some traction in your career to work yourself into that new house, new car, new something? Well, I think what's probably going to, it's so funny that you bring up the car thing. You know, I drive a free car, right? It's a 2006. And it's awesome. It's Hyundai an awesome Alonso. little car. Yeah. My neighbor was like, I literally can't sell this out of my shop. Will you just use it until it like dies? I was like, I got you, fam. Um, but that's the thing though, right? I, I it's, That's a really poignant question. I think the honest answer, unfortunately, I don't understand how I'm the youngest in my friendship group. I lost my job in 2008. I have friends who didn't, who are like five, six, seven years older than me, who didn't even have jobs in 2008 to lose. And so unfortunately, I think for sort of like my generation and maybe the one above, I, I, have, I'm, I think the one below is a lost cause. Um, but I think what it's, I think Stanley Druckenmiller, who's one of these like billionaire investors, joked about using cyanide last year because he that's how badly he wants to avoid what's going to wow. happen 
to the reset of um, American greed over the next decade. And I think that we just have to live through it. And then we hope that it doesn't have the same sort of, well, it's going to have the same sort of psychological effects as the last big crash and the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be fun. I think it's going to be hidden from the headlines for a long time. But I think on an individual level, people will realize that they were greedy. They will realize that they made mistakes with their spending. They will stop trusting these financial institutions who only exist to make money off them. Yes. And I hope that people can sort of go back to a more subsistence. I started three garden beds. I haven't bought tomatoes in six months. I won't have to buy collards again for the rest of this year. You mean tomatoes, and right? And probably by the time Thanksgiving tomatoes? Christmas rolls around, I'll be sorted for potatoes. Boom. I just saved myself 100 bucks over the well, course of the year. Wait a second. You say, you, say, you say tomato, but you say potato? Come on, tomato, dude. Potato. You go tomato. It's got to be a potato, no? Oh, do you know what? I don't know. I think it has to be potato. I'm going to start. You know what, Joe? You start saying potato. <laughs> okay. I'll start saying That's gonna potato happen. after you. Okay, I'll start saying potato as soon as I say Z instead of Z. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's uh, K-Smith. Go to K-Smith.com. K-A-Y-S-M-Y-T-H-E.com. I want to get into, give me about a minute if you will, because I've got a lot of stations in the South, a lot of stations in Florida, about what preparedness they have to be starting right now because tropical storms and hurricanes ain't playing. Fill me in. Water, food, battery packs. Those are the three. If you can get out of the state, just get out of the state. Go somewhere else. This is, again, this is, oh, this, it's simple to avoid these things in practice, but the way that people live, they think that they'll miss out on something. Or like, oh, I can't just pack up the car and take everyone, you know, out of state. Like, I've got a job to do. I understand that that's not always doable. But you can stock up your house with plenty of water. You can stock up your house with food. And I mean, if we learn anything from Hawaii, I think the last thing we want to do is depend on um, like governance, like macro governance to tell you what to do. But as far as that goes, I will say the National Weather Service are pretty good. The National Hurricane Center, if you can get on those sites, do it. Um, The other thing that I actually would recommend is everyone needs to stop using Spectrum and go and get literally any other type of Wi-Fi provider. Because one of the biggest things that hit us during the last storm was all the power lines, everything came down. Um, But if we, because we had a battery pack, we plugged the Wi-Fi into the battery pack. We didn't have lights, but we had Wi-Fi. So we had access to see everything that was going on in the world. Little things like that that I would recommend. Yeah, very good advice. It's Case Smythe. Go to CaseMythe.com. Um, yeah, and, and also, let me just say the word to the wise. I grew up in the Hurricane Alley in Florida. Get your get your generator now. Everybody's going to go buy them when the hurricane hits. Hello? What are you doing waiting in line for a generator? They're available today. Go mm-hmm. and get them if that's, if that's what you want. Let's finish up on something we hit on a second ago. I'm not wearing a mask. I wore a mask twice during that whole thing. One, because I had to fly somewhere and they made you. And two, I was at a doctor's office and they made you. Other than that, I didn't go into any stores. I didn't. I didn't wear it anywhere else because you know what? I'm not covering my face. I've already got allergies. Bad. It doesn't stop. If I can smell somebody farting near me, then COVID can get through. For God's sakes, the COVID molecules are way smaller than a fart molecule. So at the end of the day, Kay, the media for some reason is all in. Masks are coming back, and you got to like it. And uh, Americans are saying, "Oh no, that's not happening." That's yeah, that's the long and short of it. And I've heard crazy conspiracies that by like October, we've got a like full mask on flights again. Um, 
it's the science proved that masks didn't work in the first place they proved that like you're more likely to get nasty icky nasties from the from dirty masks i had to wear them all the time when i was back in california it was terrible i mean it was a huge motivator for me to get the heck out of there i mean along with every other thing about that state um it just it blow i Here's the thing. There are so many, I don't want to call them like snobs. There's so many distraction tactics going on in the media right now that every now and again, I think like, okay, they're going to bring up masks. So we're all over here going, no, no masks. And then over here, there's actually something really way darker and untoward happening that we don't know about. So hopefully it's that. Hopefully it's that. Well, I'm sure that's what's going on. I, I just hope that Americans and your generation specifically has the backbone to say, we're not doing it again. Are you out of your mind? We are not going to cover our faces, breathe in too much carbon dioxide. I have our kids fail in school, no socializing, no talking to people, period. You can't say happy birthday to grandma, you're going to do it through a window. We're not doing that crap again, are we? No, we're not doing any of that again. Part of me is like, maybe they're just going to try and push this stuff to see who the dissenters are. But like, I looked at... Every now and again, I'll see someone here in North Carolina wearing a mask out and about. And everyone I will be with will all just sort of look at each other and go, oh, bless their heart. Oh, bless their heart. Exactly right. Yeah. They look like they drink Bud Light. If you're not this, exactly. If you're not in the South, you don't know what bless your heart means in that context. It is uh, K-Smythe, X-Y-Z, every single time, ksmythe.com. Go there, check her out on Newsmax, check her out over on The Daily Caller. We appreciate you, Caleb Stott. Let's do it again next week. (laughs) I'm here for it, Joe. Thank you. You're the best. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show. I appreciate you hanging out. Time is a pop culture. Paula, what's going on? All right, so over the weekend, um, Elton John had a fall at home, and he had to go admit himself to into the hospital over the weekend. Ouch. You all right? Uh, they say that he's fine, but I guess it was, you know, something serious enough for him to go to the hospital and get checked out. He's got that song, I'm Still Standing. That's kind of of too appropriate. I'm just putting it out there. That's Polo. That's Sam. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great night. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.